This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, Matt Elliott here. Hi, Alan Smith here. Hey guys, Ian Hume here. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Be sure to watch... Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV for all the latest Leicester City news and information. You can also subscribe on YouTube and various social media channels for the latest updates and news on Leicester City Football Club. Come on, you foxes! All right there, all right at the back. How are you doing? How the devil are you all? Um, you'd be disappointed if I didn't say that, wouldn't you? Got over it yet? <laughs> One nil against Liverpool. I'm still walking around with a smile on my face. It, it kind of makes everything all right when you get a win like that. That was, well, like Monty Python used to say, nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Nobody was expecting that at all. New Year, new show. Um, welcome along and thanks for joining us. Uh, if you didn't watch it last night, please go to the YouTube channel, Lester Till I Die TV, 
and have a look at this. We had a quiz, and it was uh, ex-players. Julian Watts um, took on Steve Linux. It was very tight. Uh, that's all I'll say. There's only two points in it, and we discovered that one of those players is a bit of an expert on women's football. Can't tell you who. You've got to go and watch the video and, and find out. But it was a lot of fun. This is Less Little I Die TV. Thank you for watching and thank you for listening if you're on the podcast. This is where you can find it. Listen on your favourite podcast platform or ask your smart speaker to play the podcast Lester Till I Die. Subscribe, like, follow and join in now. Indeed, and a couple of quick hellos. Hello to the Blue Podcast there. How the devil are you, sir? Welcome on. And Niall, thanks a lot for joining us again. Uh, you are more than welcome. And big up to yourself as well. So like I say... Yesterday, brand new show. This is a brand new show as well. We're trying. It's going to be a monthly show that we do. Hopefully, you guys will get on board with it. Um, but of course, there's Leicester fans all over the world, even yeah, even in America. They've been dumping that uh, silly thing that they call American football, and they've been following soccer, which is football to you and me. <laughs> this is Foxes Across the Pond show. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the main event of the evening. 60 minutes of football fun and banter with Chris and Lester Till I Die TV. Are you ready? Ready? Let's get ready Indeed. And let's first of all bring our American Fox fan in. Zach, good evening, sir. How the devil are you? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing? Not so bad. No, I, I'm I'm feeling better now. We actually won a game, but <laughs> not so bad. But I've got to ask over there in America, um, Missouri. I think you said you were from Leicester City. How did that happen? Okay, so uh, this was during the um, the tide around between 2015 2016. So yeah. I'm I was familiar with the Premier League. Um, there was. When I was in college, like a couple of my classmates would watch your typical big six clubs. Yeah. Um, and I'm familiar and familiar with the different clubs. Then all of a sudden, the NFL, the American football team um, that I supported since I was a child, the Carolina Panthers, they did a partnership with Leicester City. So what they did is that they exchanged uh, jerseys, they exchanged equipment. So I kept on seeing pictures of some of the guys that I grew up watching in American football, like your Cam Newton's, your Luke Keekley's, your uh, different leaders of the Panthers wearing Leicester City shirts. And then across the pond, you had Casper Michael, Jamie Vardy, Christian Fuchs wearing Carolina Panthers jerseys. And I was like, okay. This is awesome. I mm. saw similarities between both both teams, uh, just being underdogs. So I started kind of just falling from afar. And then eventually I started learning about the club itself, about how not only how they are in the community, but also how the owners, ownership just came from Thailand, where I have a lot of friends and a lot of family from. Yeah. And then it just kind of just grew on me. 
And, of course, and then I would say food. back in like 2017, 2018, mm. that's when I really, really started getting involved with the club to where I'm watching YouTube yeah. shows, watching yeah. podcasts, following matches, and eventually just it stuck. And you've got Christian Fuchs over there now. Uh, yes, he is um, um, a member of the MLS side, um, Charlotte FC, which is going to be starting this year in the MLS it's mm -hmm. also owned by the same guy who owns the Carolina Panthers, so it's kind of like a weird, like, um, union of the two, and um, and it's going to be interesting seeing him play in the MLS. Yeah. Well, good luck to him. He's a great guy, and he follows me, so he's got great taste as well. Um, mm -hmm. And let's say good evening to Alex, uh, who's been waiting patiently there in the green room from Canada. Good evening, Alex. Hey Chris, how are you doing? Not so bad, not so bad. A bit better than you, I believe, with the uh, the lockdown situation. But uh, hope you're going to stay safe and and, uh, and stay well. Same question to you, Canada, Leicester. I know I know an Arsenal fan from uh, Canada, but I've never known a Leicester fan. Yeah, my, mine's a unique story. I feel like I feel like all us North Americans have like such a unique story because they're all different, but in some way they're all in the same. So for me, uh. One of the biggest things that when I grew up was that huge hockey fan. You know, I'm I was born in the Toronto area, so always a big Leaf fan. And if you know about hockey and the Toronto Maple Leafs, usually those fans are crazy. So I was a huge Maple Leaf fan growing up. Uh, early 2000s, uh, somehow we managed to get a, a football game on the TV, and it was uh, Leicester City versus Sunderland. And I don't know what sparked this, but like. People in the room were like, oh, yeah, Sunderland, great team. And then I saw the blue kits, and I was like, no, Leicester City. I'm a Leicester City fan. And everyone was like, why? I'm like, blue. I basically yeah. – the decision to follow Leicester City wasn't like, oh, these players are great. It was, I'm a Toronto yeah. Maple Leaf fan. They wear blue jerseys. Leicester wears blue kits. I want to be a Leicester City fan. So there really is it's, – it's very random. And yes, yeah. So I didn't really follow much when I was young because at the time when I saw the game, I was like nine. And yeah. I was like, this is cool. I'll watch it. And then could never find them again because it's, it was impossible to find actual football, relatively speaking, here. You know, you yeah. got the, the big six. So during that time, we probably weren't worth finding. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can watch big six games, but you can never find any other stuff. So, you know, yeah. I followed where I could. And then I think it was around 2010, 2011, where I really started to pick it up. Um, and then finally, you know, the year that we, we won the league and whatnot, I remember – you know, watching it here and there because I was traveling around Canada from with my job. But then as soon as I was able to, you know, watch every match, it just it just jumped right into it. And ever since that time, like and since that point, it's been like, okay, when's the next match? When's the next match? Reading as much as you can. Um like there's times that I my wife gets upset with me because it's like, do you want to do something? You've been reading articles for the past three hours about a player. And I'm like yeah, has it been three hours? So it's become part of an addiction, but at the same time, I actually love it. Um, and yes. it's weird because I've actually taken a step back from watching hockey, and football really has become that number one sport. I mean, you were both there, obviously, following Leicester when, when we won the league. Um, how was that, first of all, Zach, how, in, in, around yourself, how was that received in America? Because I mean, at that point, it was the sort of biggest sporting story that the world had probably ever seen. I mean, I was getting sort of requests from American, Canadian, Australian, Japanese radio stations. What was it like in, in, in America where you were? 
Did you get much coverage? Yes. Um, so on ESPN, um, we, some of the uh, shows, they covered it saying that it was – they mostly talked about the odds, like the 5,000 to 1. They mm. talked about what kind of things that the club had to overcome to win the league title, while there's some other programs that had a lot of, like, younger hosts, like your non-traditional hosts that would follow different uh, football leagues across the world, like Syria and – things like that. They were talking about how extraordinary it was. And, and during the course, not only of like the week, they talk about the title, they talk, they show the trophy lift. And then in the years after that, they will use it as a sporting montage for like the decade. I remember when I was in a bar, New Year's Eve, uh, going into 2020, that they had a sporting montage for the decade. And it was shown as like one of the top five moments of the decade of Leicester City winning the titles. So it still is one of those Yeah, can't believe it happened and try to show other clubs in the U.S. It's like, hey, you can be in the next Leicester City. Yeah, no, it, it's definitely only, I mean, uh, Alex, I mean, they're saying now that if Derby County survive, because obviously they're at the bottom of the championship, that's a shame, isn't it? The bottom of the championship, uh, minus points. So if they survive, it will be bigger than us winning the Premier League. But I, I, it's not. I mean, it, it was a worldwide story, this. And, and what was it like in Canada? For me, it was weird because during the time that the – that season was going on. I was actually training during in, my, in the military. So I was like all over Canada doing this. So like I was cracking wherever I could, getting my phone, reading whatever I could, streaming the game whenever I could. So like it was very interesting because I heard people around the country say like, oh, do you hear what's going on? And it's like, yeah, yeah, I know exactly. I like follow this club. Um, mm. But then like I would listen to radio stations and some of them would be like, my favorite are the ones in Toronto because Toronto media is always relating any sport around the world or any team around the world to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like it just, it just happens. So they're yeah. like, well, Leicester city has, you know, 5,000 to one odd, you know, that's the odds. Of, and they did it. And they're like, so what would that be like to the, for the Toronto Maple Leafs? And they're like, well, even if they won, there's not even close to that. Cause they're not going to win the cup. And like, there'd be like those kind of like relations and you'd be like, okay. But like a lot of people are just like, this is like absolutely insane. And I just remember, like, I remember watching, you know, the day that we actually won the league and I, I simply couldn't believe it. And I had a bunch of buddies around me and they're like, what are you watching? I'm like, we did it. They're like, what do you mean? We did it. Yeah. <laughs> Lose my mind. And they're like, I'm trying to explain it to them. And like, for them, they just couldn't comprehend the situation. And when I told them like the odds, they're like, did you put money on this? And I'm like, no. Exactly the same. And I'm thinking like, why didn't I? But I'm, I'm bad. I'm a bad luck charm. I think if I had done, we wouldn't have done it. Um, Mountain Man here says, um, oh, if it comes up, there we go. Uh, the year we won the league, I went to work and they were talking about a club called Lanchester City that were doing something unprecedented. I had to correct everyone and tell them where we were. It's Leicester City in North America, isn't it? Uh, to my understanding, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I always called it Leicester City, my wife called it that and i was like no that's not right this is how you say it so i'm always quick to actually you know correct yeah. people quickly but um uh, az Coy um coyotes is that arizona with it being az i'm guessing Close yeah that's arizona Fox. yeah um are they, are they are they doing a similar thing to leicester 
Uh, hockey related? No, they're they're bad. <laughs> they're pretty bad. <laughs> That's being polite. <laughs> <laughs> they, they are Derby County. Are they? Um, and Terry says, as family in Vancouver, the youngsters started playing football. Only uh, downside his parents are gooners. <laughs> I tell you what, I my um, I've got two daughters, and they're, they're both obviously dating at the moment and and one I'm all right with because the one there Josh is a lovely guy but he, he's not into football at all so he's safe Hannah she's going out with a guy called Ali he's a lovely guy as well but he's an Arsenal fan and it, it hurts <laughs> yeah it really does hurt but uh, anyway the reason we're here we're gonna have a look and we've got a bit of a catch-up to do on on the season so um it's been a bit of a funny season for us all round um zach uh come to you first i mean we've had two really good seasons um were we overperforming those two seasons is this sort of the real leicester now that we're seeing do you think i would say that i know last season with us winning the fa cup with um just the kind of form that we had for the majority of the season, it was like, could this be the year we can finally get back into the Champions League? And then just my heart definitely sank on match day 38 to where just it, it was hard to go just see our Champions League, uh, all of our hard work uh, just crash and burn the last like one or two weeks um, of the season. It, I definitely felt like that we – punch a little bit above our weight, but it was not something that I was expecting, like a huge drop-off between what we had match week 38 last year to what we have now. Yeah. I mean, Alex, in a normal season, and I, and this is this is going to be one of the weirdest things. We've had a couple of weird seasons with COVID and everything. This has got to be an even weirder season because anybody can beat anybody on the day. I mean, you know, you look that, you know, we go to Liverpool – we're up against, you know, the youngsters. They bring the big guns on and they get through on penalties. Within six days, we're playing them again and we're beating them 1-0. We'll look at the table later, but we, we know... We, on a normal season, I think we'd be a lot worse, but nobody seems to want to take this season. Once you get past Man City, Chelsea and probably Liverpool, wants to take this sort of season by the throat and have a go at it. It's funny. This season is is one really for the, you know, for the books when you actually look at it, because I don't think, I don't think any of the spot that any spots in the table are decided except for the first, I would say top two, top three. When you look at the rest of the table, I think any it's, it's, you know, it's up for grabs. I think anyone can really, you know, grab that last champion champions league spot. I think the Europa league spots are open, the conference, you know, Europa conference are open. And I honestly believe that the relegation spots are still open. Because you look at the business that's being done at the lower bottom of the table, you know, <laughs> there's times that I look at it and go, I don't think Newcastle is going to be relegated. There's no way. And then there's other times I'm like, maybe they will. Or, yes. you know, which are just like, okay, you're probably going down. But, like, when you look at the middle of the table, it is so close. And, like you yeah. said, you lose to Liverpool when they bring all their, their youth in. And then we beat them, you know, when they actually have, you know, most of their first team squad in there. Yeah. You don't know what you're going to get, and it's one of the weirdest and most frustrating seasons I think I've ever watched because the games oh. that you expect a victory or you expect those three points, you're crushed. And then the games that you go in being like, there's no chance. And you come out with three points, you sit there going, A, this was fantastic, but yeah. how the heck did we do this? 
Yeah, no. Welcome to my. I'm 60 at the moment now, and 61 in a few months. So welcome to my world. I've had 60 odd years of this. Being it's called being a Leicester fan in England. <laughs> you never know which way it's going to go. Terry says here, uh, what annoys him? Uh, American Canada can live stream every single Premiership match for just a few dollars. We pay through the nose to watch the odd game. I tell you what, uh, Terry, message me on Facebook. Um, after the show, and I might be able to give you a bit of advice on that, allegedly. <laughs> Cover myself on that one. We're going to have a look at some of the um, signings because we are sort of kind of playing catch-up here. So uh, let us, um, if this works, and uh, here we go. Uh, Zach, we'll come to you with this one. What are your thoughts on Adimola Luckman? He, 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 he's, no pun intended, looks pretty good, doesn't he? I. Yes, especially uh, with him uh, knocking that goal to help us uh, get over Liverpool in the league. Um, he's definitely one of those signings that I was kind of thinking, okay, um, I don't know really too much about him, but I really want to see what he does. And so far, I'm liking his production, even though it's not as much as, like, like say, a Prasandaka, but he's certainly pulling his weight. I mean, do you think that, that he's anybody who's in that position is always going to be labeled with, is this the new Mares? Is this the new Mares? It's that position. And it's a hell of an albatross to carry around your neck. I mean, Under couldn't do it. Luckman, although he's he seems to play better and he's more on natural side, which is playing on the left, which obviously we've got Barnes there. But he did well. I mean, Fulham, Fulham loved him. I know they went down, but until he got a bad injury, he was going to be their player of the season, apparently. I, I agree with you on that. It's, um, But I really do like what he's doing for us right now. I really think he was a good pickup from Fulham. Um, and um, I can't. I can't wait to see what he does for us for the uh, second half of the season. What straight question, yes or no, would you sign him? Yes. Yes, I think. I think he's proved enough um, that, that to do that. Uh, Alex, you get um, Pats and Daka. <laughs> in one game, he equals our joint top scorer in Europe. This is Jamie Vardy's replacement, isn't it? Yeah, I would have to agree with you 100%. I think with Pats and Daka, you're looking at, you know, a young player who has the same qualities and skills as Jamie Vardy, who is going to be able to develop those skills because he's still young. And I think that's one thing a lot of us forget is how young he actually yeah. is. And, yeah. you know, just I think the quality that we have seen him play at and the level that he can play out is is, is extremely exciting because, you know, I think when you look at it, I think at the start of the season, a lot of people were questioning being like, why are you bringing this player in if he's just going to sit on the bench? And I think, you know, and then there was that discussion being like, well, you got Nacho, you got Vardy, and you got Daka. He's got to wait his, you know, he's, he's got to yeah. be patient. Um, but, you know, the time that the times that Rogers has uh, allowed him to, and you're giving him those opportunities, he's really capitalized off those. And I do think that, you know, Daka is going to be one of those players that we're going to be talking about, you know, over the next few seasons being like, what an absolute steal of a signing. Because I think as we go through the years, I think he's just going to develop more and more and more. And the quality is just going to increase. It's funny, isn't it? Because we, we sign these players and then you get like the Liverpool fans and, and the Arsenal fans and the Chelsea. Oh, we were looking at him. We should have bought him. Oh, why the hell didn't you? 
you know, because I can see in a few years, hopefully he'll stay with us. But if he doesn't, we will make, uh, like Maguire, a, a tremendous profit on him. No, no, absolutely. I think that's one of the, the great things with Leicester City is that they get these young talents. And, you know, you have all these top six clubs and they're like, oh, but we were looking at them. And you're like, well, that's nice. We got them. You know, yes. we'll use them for the next four years. And then, you know, if you want him, then we're going to put a price tag on him. And then that's when you can get him. But it's going to cost you a lot of money. And I think that's some genius way. You know, it's such a genius way that Leicester City really operates. Is that like, yeah, we bought him for this much money. But in order for you to take him from us, this is what it's going to cost you. Yes. And then we just yeah. use that money and go, okay, who else can we get and develop? Because that's just the way that we do things. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it so is. And um, Zach, let's have a look. Um, your thoughts on Bubakari Samari? Um, I just... I really think that without the injuries, I think he would have been um, solid, probably not like great, but not horrible. Kind of just like a definitely would have been a piece that if fully healthy um, would have been someone that would do, would do very good for us. Hmm. I, I, I don't think he's been really, <laughs> it's been unfortunate that these new signings have come into the team when it's performing the worst it has for three seasons, if you like, you know, mm -hmm. and okay, Daki, you can look at Daki and go, well, yeah, he scores four goals. So, you know, you can tell that that's working and it's harder for some of these, these other players, but you know, do we expect that too much of these players? I mean, I can say I'm getting on a bit now and I can remember when you bought a player and he played a bit like maybe so Ancho, a couple of years, you know, in 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 the in the uh, in the uh, under teams and and uh, the less, you know, getting to get no English football these days. We tend to throw them in straight away, and sometimes it's a sink or swim scenario. Uh, yes, because because let's say if we see like a a player like Terra, let's say the Bundesliga, the. Uh, other European leagues are thinking, okay, we want this exam Zach production day one as soon as we sign them. And then and then after let's say four matches, five matches, either there's an injury or they just don't have that performance that that blows everyone's minds. They're thinking, oh, why do we waste this money? And there's really not a lot of patience either amongst fellow supporters, pundits, etc. That yeah. um that allow these guys to to acclimatize between, let's say, the Premier League versus other leagues. Mm. Um, and I feel like Samari is one of those uh, cases where he definitely needs some time to adjust yeah. to English football, how we do things in England, etc. Yeah. Melina, say good evening to you. Um, I don't know if you know her at all, Alex, but she's she's the Canadian um, Arsenal fan I was talking about. And Forgive her for being an Arsenal fan, but she is. Uh, she she knows her football, and she's a very passionate gunner. And uh, I must admit, it's been, it's been nice for the couple of seasons to be able to actually laugh at her. But uh, I think she's getting her own back this term. Uh, but uh, welcome along, Melina. Thanks for joining us, Alex. Um, getting on to the maybe also run. I had great hopes for this guy because he's obviously free. He's got experience. Um, we know we'd lost Chilwell. Luke Thomas was coming through, and I thought this guy's experienced. 
Uh, Christian Fuchs has gone, Wes Morgan has gone. So a lot of that experience has gone out the back line. And he, he had a really, really, really good pre-season. Uh, and, and I thought he was going to be our buy of the, well, you know, deal of the summer, but it's kind of not worked out, has it? Regarding Ryan Bertrand, it's so disappointing because when the initial rumors were coming out that Leicester were going to sign him on a free, I was pretty excited with it because what yep. he brought in was this veteran presence. And I think that's something that our backline really needs and it's shown over the past, I'd even say two seasons, even though that we've been quite successful. So I was excited for Bertrand. And then when he originally came in, you know, like you said, preseason, he was incredible. I was like, what a steal. This is fantastic. And then he, you know, and then he was out. And then he, you know, I don't know if it was, the, if he contracted, you know, the virus or whatnot, but yeah. it, he just seems like he hasn't been himself since then. I don't know if that's what has been affecting him, but he just, he really isn't the player that he was in preseason. And that is just so disappointing because I feel like you look at him now and I feel like you look at the options that we have you know, on the left side. And, mm. you know, I would rather take Luke Thomas. You know, I think James Justin, when he, you know, is fully fit, he's going to yeah. jump above him. I think, you know, Castagna is going to be another player that I would take, you know, no no question over Bertrand. So it is, it, it is quite disappointing in the sense because I do think that there were, you know, there are times that I really think that Bertrand could have been a quality signing. And at the start of the season he was, but now that I look at it, it's more like, I'm looking at Bertrand as if he's just more, you know, he's a player on, you know, on wages, and that's about it. Oh, agree, agree totally. And I think, though, it, again, as I said earlier, you know, it's a bad season to really to judge people because it's such a up and down season. But I think if people, you know, in fact, players have got COVID, it isn't just a case of coming back and, yeah, you know, three or four days later you fit. It can really drag on. And, you know, when we look at sort of the likes of, you know, Madison, when he came back, now he's, he's back to his best. When he first came back, it's like, who is this player? Yeah, and I think a lot of, you know, a lot of supporters forget that, you know, just because someone's back from injury doesn't mean they're fully fit. You know, yeah. and I, I always bring it back to James Justin or Ricardo Pereira. You know, when Ricardo Pereira came back, everyone's like, he's finally back. And then when he started playing, everyone was like, why is he not playing with the way he was? And yeah. it's like, because he's not fit. Like, his, yeah. you know, he's fit in the sense that he can play, but his quality of, you know, his level of quality is not where it's going to be. It's going to take him an additional four or five months. So, you know, with Ryan Bertrand, you know, he's coming back from this, you know, from being ill and it might yeah. take him, take him a few more months, you know, who's to say in March or February, you know, all of a sudden he gets slotted in and he just starts blowing everybody out of the water. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying it yeah. won't happen, but you know, if it does happen, I'll be quite happy about it. Indeed. Now, Zach, I'm sorry. Somebody had to get the hot potato. <laughs> <laughs> it happens to have been you. Alex is sat there. Go, thank God for this. Um, when 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 we signed Yannick Vestergaard, I was quite impressed because obviously we'd had uh, from Farna out. I mean, a terrible tackle in a friendly game from Villarreal. Um, you know, pre-season. There, there was just no need for it, and. We, we we literally because obviously the you know we'd got some injuries at the back you know with, with James Justin uh, and I, I thought we're yeah, brilliant we've gone out we've got this you know within a week 
of the injury. We've got somebody else there signed in. He's a six-foot giant. And then everyone realised, hang on, this was the guy we put nine past. <laughs> Ryan Bertrand, I can kind of say, well, you know, you got sent off after 10 minutes, so you could sort of claim you, you weren't there. But he, he's playing like that player that did concede nine goals. It's, it's like if you had a definition of a panic buy, Vestergaard would definitely be it because it felt like that, as you said, once Safana was injured in that Villarreal friendly, uh, it the club went out in the next 48 hours and decided, you know what, let's go ahead and get this guy. And mm-hmm. since Alex was here, I'm going to go ahead and kind of use a hockey reference. Like whenever he's on the pitch, it feels like he's, like a Cody Cece, a giant pylon that unfortunately, even though this giant in theory should stop a lot of things on the defensive line, he just stood there and just really just lets a lot of goals in. Um, I know there's a lot of things that are kind of against him as well with like the central back by committee with having not only Fafana out, but also with having uh, so Yunchu either being out or having international duty. There's just so many different things that, he should have been able to kind of like gel with, um, especially with the different uh, center backs pairings that we had, but it's just, no matter what pairing we had, it's just, it's not working. It's just just definitely very disappointing. I think a lot of it could be down to the fact, and we've moaned a lot on this side, Zach, that we don't like the zonal marking. Zonal marking was not working. The last few games he's gone back more to man to man, and it seems to be improving. Um, he hasn't had, like you say, a settled back four to play in. You know, you never know who's going to be the two centre backs in in any single game. It's it's virtually different all the time. But do you think? I know that that Rogers over here. It was rumoured he was interested in him the um, season before. Had uh, Fafana not got injured, would have possibly bought Luckman, but. Whilst there was a few out there that were better signs, for example, I would have loved Tarkovsky, but you're talking double the cost, 30 million. Do you think it was a case of what we could buy because we'd got that problem with the money that we'd got available? Because our owners obviously are, are have been as hit as bad by COVID as anybody. I think it was a case of just we had to find a solution in the next 24 to 48 hours, look to see what was pretty much not necessarily like discount bin but definitely had to look at options of what the club needed versus what they could have spent yeah it was like sure whether you'll get this uh, acronym or not i don't know but for us in the uk it was like we needed to buy somebody from waitrose but we ended up buying somebody from aldi so um the uk viewers will know that brookline good evening sir fellow american here for you zach he lives in the in the boston area and he is a big ioz perry's fan I think that probably tells you all you need to know. <laughs> joking, Brookline. Joking, joking. Um, so that was our new signings. Um, Alex, let's come on. I want to have a look now at a couple of youngsters that are sort of breaking through. Um, first of all, Luke Thomas. I'll, you know, he broke through last season, but he's he's going to be better than Ben Chilwell, isn't he, uh, Alex? Oh, I, I 100% agree with you. Uh, I really do believe that his breakout game was the FA Cup because mm. you know when you really look at it he, he was playing matches prior to that game and he was doing really well and you have to give him credit for that and then he gets slotted in you know in the starting 11 
for the FA Cup final versus Chelsea, my first thought is, okay. And he just he just took over that match. And then ever since then, just been – in my opinion, he's just been really good. And you forget his age. Yeah. He is so young. And I really do believe that his ceiling is so high. So, mm-hmm. you know, when he makes a mistake here and there and people go, oh, Luke Thomas screwed up, I go, he's a kid. Yes. <laughs> he's a kid. Yeah. He's got so much more to learn. And, you know, you watch him over the, you know, the span of 2021, I would say. And, you know, he's just improved more and more and more. And, yeah, like I said, he's had he's made mistakes, but, you know, so does Bertrand. And he's much older. So, yes. you know, when it comes to Luke Thomas, I am, you know, I'm thrilled with his performances. I'm thrilled with his development. And I really do think the sky is the limit for this kid. And I really do think that, you know, 2022, I think you're going to see, you know, him make – a lot of strides in the right direction. And I do, I really do believe that there's going to be a real good challenge um, mm-hmm. between James Justin and Luke Thomas for that starting yeah. position. It's going to be great to have that challenge, isn't it? I'm so glad you said nice things about him because apparently his mother is in the group and follows all the comments. I don't know. I've not seen her. That's what my son says. He's, he's seen her in the group. I mean, it's the confidence of the young man. I think it was Man United last season when we played them and Jamie Vardy was in the box and he was coming up on the left shouting to Jamie, you know, to Jamie Vardy, leave it. And he scored an amazing goal. That you can't teach that that's just confidence you've either got it or you haven't you know exactly and i think that's the comp you know you want those types of players and you want those types of young players because those are the players that are going to be like i'm confident i know what i'm doing you know if i make a mistake i'm going to have to fix it but i'm going to fix it and i'm going to deal with the consequences and i think that's luke thomas has all the right pieces and you know and like that I, i still remember that goal and i'm like I remember sitting there being like, pass it to Vardy, pass it to Vardy. And then he's like, no, no, I got this and just booted it. And I remember losing my mind, just like, just like screaming, running all over the place. My wife's looking at me like I'm psychotic, but you know, like if he keeps playing the way that he's playing and he, the way, he'll just develop, you know, better and better and better. And I just yeah. think that, you know, you have that, that skill, that confidence. And I really do believe that that type of, talent and that type of confidence can breed leadership skill you know quality yeah. and it would that you know you could be looking at a future leader within the dressing room i i think so i think so uh bookline says here be nice to i always uh, say he's holding the line until vardy returns that's a scary thought that is a, i mean even newcastle don't want him back and i've i've offered him you know buy one get one free they can have vestergaard as well but they still won't take him and mountain man is over there in arizona as well um hope you are well sir zach um this is the guy that's impressed me. Impressed me when he came on um, uh, preseason friendlies. Uh, he had a great uh, season-long loan uh, last year at Luton. But I think he, he won virtually Players' Player Award, uh, Fans' Players Award. He won everything that was going. And I just think if we lose uh, Tielemans, and whether he goes in this window or the summer, I think we are, depending on how well we do, it looks like we'll eventually lose him. This guy, I mean, he's just, he's not young, young, say like Luke Thomas, but my God, he's going to be a good player, isn't he? Yes. I really think the loan move to Luton, as you alluded to, uh, was probably the best thing for him because mm. he's not only was a fan favorite, but he 
was like different. Like he scored a lot of different goals. He definitely brought uh, a sense of energy to Luton that uh, he he was able to go and bring back to Leicester. And I was very happy with what he's done so far for us this season. And and I just can't wait to see what he's going to do for not only the second half of the season, but what he's going to do for us in the long term. If I would say more when we lose Tillman's instead of if, because I think he's going to go, but I just really happy that we have someone like KDH on our side. Yeah. And I mean, do you think future captain? He's, he's up there. Uh, he's definitely up there. Like say uh, within, let's say, um, I would say he could be a captain. I think Thomas could be a captain. Um, Daka could be a captain. Um, he's definitely up there. What what impressed me was again he has he seems to have no fear. He wants the ball and he wants to attack. And again, that's not something that you can train. You you know you want to do that, but he's he's not scared of anybody. I agree. I agree with you on that. It's like he, it doesn't matter what really kind of challenge you throw his way or who you're going to have him um, kind of be paired up against. Uh, he definitely likes to challenge. He definitely wants to uh, make sure that he wins a lot of balls, but also just try to make sure that the the where he's at. Um, sorry, I'm trying to go think. Um, to make sure that he's be able to go carry the magic from Luton Town into into our side and I I agree with you pretty much a hundred percent that he's gonna do well for us. I have a Watford fan that, that sometimes pops on and has a look and he um calls Watford Luton big rivals and uh, he, he always wishes that uh, that they they'd signed him but uh, I think he's uh, got a good long term future mm-hmm. at uh, at the Foxes. Now talking about uh, futures good or bad, or who may have one, who might not have one. We have, of course, got the January transfer window uh, upon us. And if anybody is watching this, tomorrow at 7 o'clock, we've got the first transfer show of the um, window, uh, myself and Brad, so that's 7 o'clock tomorrow. But just a few things that have been sort of mentioned, sort of, well, rumours here, and you know what it's like, it's silly season and... You know, if you believe all the rumours, uh, Alex, we're going to be a five-a-side team come <laughs> come the end of the window. But you, you've got, like I say, you've got Brian Bertrand being linked with Chelsea. You know, partly because they've got defensive problems, and you know, Leicester fans are going, please. <laughs> yeah, well, we're we're also at the start of the window, and everything's just paper talk at this point. You know, I, you get mm-hmm. links that you're like. That's not happening. We, we all know that this ain't happening. Um, so Ryan Bertrand going back to Chelsea, I just is, is, to me, I would be, you know, I'd be totally for it in the sense of like, no offense to Ryan Bertrand right now, but he's just, we're just paying him wages. But, you know, when you look at Chelsea, I think Chelsea have more options. And that's just, when I look at that, I just think that that's just, you know, it's just, it's just paper talk because, you know, when you look at the quality of what Chelsea can actually acquire through this window, there's there's better players and younger players than uh, Ryan Bertrand. Yeah. That, I'm, I'm just going to go through sort of, well, Ryan Bertrand one and three more, so split it between you again uh, to link with. Aaron Ramsey, um, obviously ex-Arsenal over in Juventus. 
Um, he's being linked, no names as such at the uh, sort of definite, but there's a, there's a there's three that are out there, I think, Burnley, Newcastle and one other. And then there's a, a fourth Premier League club that is secret that nobody knows about. Um, do you think he would be a good sign-in? Um, to be quite honest with you, um, I really, really do not know a whole lot about like the transfer rumors. It's like I've seen like a few names kind of like mentioned, but I really don't know a whole lot of the other players from the other other leagues. So um, it's the only thing I would say about our transfer window is. Um, is we definitely need to find uh, a, new, a new center back, but yeah. I just really don't have really any opinions on really the rumored signings and things like that because I just don't know a whole lot, to be honest with you. No, no. That's fine. We'll come on to sort of who we think we want and, and uh, uh, you know, stand a chance of getting. Alex, I mean, <sighs> this one will not go away. It keeps coming back and... Well, the, the thing with Aaron Ramsey is that he's on £325,000 a week. Uh, that could be a bit of a stumbling block uh, for Leicester. We're better than we were, but we're not quite up to that yet, I don't think. But Coutinho, I mean, he's once out of Barcelona. They're saying that he won't be at Barcelona by the end, you know, end of this month. Um, many clubs being linked with him, of course, with the Rodgers link because they had him at Liverpool. I mean... <sighs> Do you think if he comes in, I can remember when Newcastle, I think it wasn't like 11 points clear of Manchester United uh, in the title chase. And they went out and bought, um, I think, a Chilean striker. I can't remember his name now. But it kind of, it was a big signing for them, big marquee signing. And it kind of derailed their title challenge because this big superstar that Newcastle weren't, you know, that sort of club. And I could see that having the same effect at Leicester. Yeah, just to go back with Aaron Ramsey, I don't think Leicester would be able to, you know, A, I don't think they're one of the, the clubs looking at him. Um, plus, mm-hmm. his wage bill is just absolutely insane. So, I think mm-hmm. yeah. the way that Leicester, you know, Leicester run their finances and whatnot, I think they had, you know, one look at his wages and were like, no, thank you. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but regarding Coutinho, I, I also don't think that Leicester City is the proper fit for him. Um, when you have someone who, like I said, on that type of wage bill, you know, it doesn't work within the realm of how Leicester City operate, you know, with how they pay their players. And I don't think you're going to bring in a player like Coutinho. And, you know, I don't I don't see Leicester really being like, OK, we're going to bring you in. We're going to pay X amount of, of your wages on a loan deal. And we expect you to, you know, to be this quality player that you were, you know, a few years ago because you've been dealing with issues for the last couple seasons. Um, and when I look at where he plays right now, it's just, that's not one of the core areas that I'm really concerned about. You look at, you know, where we're having our issues and that's primarily, you know, in the center back region, you know, and I, <laughs> as bad as it sounds in, in the striker area, because you got Nacho's, you know, gone to AFCON. You got Doc mm-hmm. who's injured. You got Vardy who's injured. So you have different areas that I really think that you need to focus, you know, the Leicester City needs to focus in on. And I think yeah. bringing in, you know, this, like someone with a superstar, super, superstar caliber name, I think would just create more problems within the squad. Yeah. 
No, I agree. And especially during a season where we've been dealing with issues, like yeah. you're dealing with issues here and there. And I think you bring in a player of that caliber, just namesake wise, I think would just cause more problems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You mentioned their striker, Alex. I'll stick with you for this one. Then. Uh, Morales at Rangers. Um <laughs> He's been linked with us, but whether you know, I suppose if we if we did him on a pay pay per play uh, type deal, because he's going to spend more time with the red cards he gets than actually probably playing for us. That's one thing, and I think the other thing that we need to look at is it's very interesting to see what our what what money we have for this for this window. I feel like you know Leicester City are sitting down somewhere in a in their office counting the pennies that they have remaining after the Vestergaard signing. So I feel like what we currently have is quite – our budget's quite tight. So I feel like if we're going to bring any player in, it's going to be on a loan deal. And I think when you look at Morales, you know, I don't think, you know, Rangers are going to look at, you know, if we approach the Rangers and be like, hey, can we bring Morales in on loan? I don't think they're going to be willing to listen to something like that. Mm. So I don't think that's an option. I think the biggest thing that we need to look at is that, okay, are there players that are going to be leaving in January? Because if that's the case – then maybe we can bring some players in. But until we kind of figure out if any players are leaving and for any, you know, financing whatsoever, I think you need to more heavily focus in on the loan, you know, loan deals. Mm-hmm. Zach, who do you think is going to go? Um, if if we do lose someone, um, I know you mentioned earlier, I think Tielemans, if he does leave, he probably leaves in this window. Um, but I really can't see anyone else leaving this window besides him. Yeah. Alex, Zach, um, sorry, Alex, Hamza Chowdhury, he nearly went uh, in, in the previous windows. Yeah, he's he's coming good. And he's that, you know, if, if uh, indeed he's out, um, and we know indeed he's got a few yellow cards in him and the odd red one, you know, he actually is growing into a very good defensive midfielder. Yeah, I I really do like you know I've been I've been highly, highly skeptical of, of Chowdhury over the last mm-hmm. you know couple of seasons I would say because the quality is there, but yeah. whenever he's given the opportunity he doesn't provide you know he doesn't showcase that. So yeah. I think when you look at it, I hope he does stay because you know as Zach said you know for me personally I think Yuri's going to be leaving in the summer. I, I don't think. Mm-hmm. With with the way that you know the pandemic's been going around and whatnot, I don't think we can afford to lose Tielemans at the moment. Um, the only player I actually see leaving this this window, or two players I see leaving, is Mendy because he's been unregistered yep. and he hasn't even been on the squad. Yep. So you know, if I'm him, I'm like, I want out of here. I want to play. I want to have actual game time. And secondly, I think Dennis Pratt's gonna you know he's currently on loan, but I do think that yep. he's gonna you know sign sign a permanent deal you know, this window and just to confirm it. And that might just be for us to bring in some money. Um, yeah. When it comes to Chowdhury, I really do think that we're going to keep him because if we lose Mendy, that's one. And Didi is currently yeah. away at AFCON. So he's not even in the lineup right now. Uh, so that means we're talking that we have Tielmans, Samari, uh, KDH, and Chowdhury. So if Yuri goes down, if, if you know, Samari hasn't been doing good there, Chowdhury's already on the bench right there. So, yeah. you know, I think he has the quality and he has the ability. And I think this could just be a great opportunity for him to showcase that and really prove to Rogers that, you know, I know you've, you've given me opportunities in the past. I know I've blown a lot of those opportunities, but I want to showcase what I can actually do. And, you know, I want to fight for my spot. 
Name mentioned there, and I think it's the one player that Leicester fans are thinking, oh, we should have we should try and keep him, Dennis Pratt. I mean, you know, I, I understand him going. You know, he's a Belgium international in, you know, the, the best football side in the world at the moment, Belgium. But he wants regular football, and I get that. And I look at that and think, like, no disrespect, but Perez was being picked game after game after game when Pratt couldn't even get a look in. To me, and you may disagree or agree, I don't know, but to me, keeping Pratt and, you know, maybe letting Perez go is a better option. I would say yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Personally, I think Dennis Pratt would be way better than – I, I think Dennis Pratt is better than Perez, 100%. Um, yeah. For some reason, Rodgers doesn't think that. I, I really yeah. think that Rodgers rates Perez more than Pratt, and then I think that's just really showcased it, you know, throughout the time that we've had Pratt because Perez has been able to – you know, he's had more opportunities. Mm. I definitely think Pratt was getting into the good, good books of Rodgers last season, and then he got injured. And as soon as Pratt got injured, that was it. There was yeah. the writing was on the wall. And at this point, you know, I I like Pratt. I like Pratt a lot, but I really think mm. that it, we're at the point where it's like, why are we? Why are we? Why do we have a player of his quality, and why is he just sitting on the bench? Or yeah. why is he not even making the bench? If he's a Belgian international, yeah. let him go. Let him go. Let him play. He's good enough yeah. to play first-team football. T totally agree. Zach, you mentioned earlier about the, the defenders. Um, if we go out and buy another central defender, we're, we're going to end up, if we're not careful, when everybody is eventually fit, and God knows whether that will ever happen or not, we're actually going to have a team of defenders, aren't we? So is it a case of, like Alice said earlier, Zach, that we, we get some loan deals? And, and if so, who would you like to see come in? Um, Like the main, the main name that I was kind of thinking in my head, and I know some other supporters were thinking of, is Tartowski. Um, I mm -hmm. really, it's like... um. I really think that, as you mentioned, I loan deals are probably the only thing that we can probably can do, especially with not only the finances, the pandemic. Um, but that's probably the main name that I've been kind of thinking of, is Tartoski. I would have taken him definitely in the summer, but for say, unfortunately, he was thirty million. Um, whether he still is or not, of course, because obviously is is. is um, Contract runs at the end of the season, uh, runs out the end of the season's at, but Burnley may want to keep him to try and try and stay up. Um, I, I, I just, I don't think we'll get Trakowski on loan. Uh, that's the thing. And like I say, my worry mm. is that when we come back to everybody being fit, we're going to have so many defenders that you know people aren't going to be be getting the game. Um, so, but so I mean, Alex, Zach's mentioned there, um, Tarkovsky. For you, areas we need to fill and possible players. Well, center backs one. Center backs probably mm. the biggest one, and yeah, it's tricky because, like, for me, my number one would be Tarkovsky. But I know he's not affordable, and I know Burnley are going to be asking a ton of money for him because that's Burnley, and yeah. And I think Newcastle are in there, and that's going to bump the price up, isn't it? And, and that's the other thing is that, yeah. you know, I think the hardest thing right now is, and it's something that I don't think any clubs have actually even thought about, is that 
if any club in the Premier League is actually interested in a player, Newcastle could just come in and be like 30 million more. And you'd be like, yeah. um, okay, no, I can't offer, you know, X amount of dollars. So it's tough. It really is because you need to look at, you know, what player can we get in on a loan deal? And a lot of clubs are being extremely cautious right now because of what's going on in the world. Yeah. And they want to have as many players as possible. So if, you know, X, Y, and Z go down with the virus, you know, we have said player to be able to slot in. So I feel like it's a game of chess right now, you know, and I look at, you know, players that we have, you know, on the bench and, you know, within the squad itself. And it's frustrating because, you know, you have players like, you know, you have players like um, Vestigard who really can't get into the squad at all. You know, the fact that, like, the likes of Amarty is getting in ahead of him. You know, and Didi is playing center back before Vestigard's even being considered. It's just absolutely it, – it's frustrating because you look at him and be like, we spent, like, 15 mil or whatever it was for him, you know, mm. a couple months ago, and now he's he's basically obsolete. And it's like, imagine if we just held on to that. Imagine if we said, okay, well, we're going to play this player or that player in this role just for the time being. We'll reevaluate mm-hmm. in a few months, and then if we do need a player, you know, the January win- window will come around, and then we'll we'll pick them up. But that's my biggest frustration because I don't mm-hmm. I don't know what we can actually afford. This 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 is it. I mean, at the end of the day, with the with the business that our owners are in, you know, that's been hit obviously really badly by COVID. That a, a name that came up there that I always get confused a little bit about, and that's Benkovic. Uh, we signed him. Um, he's been up in Scotland, Zach, with with Rogers. I mean, Rogers had him for two full seasons, and he won. He was winning trophies up there. He was playing regularly. Mm-hmm. Why do you think Zachy doesn't trust him enough to play him down in the Premier League when we've got so many injuries? It. I don't know if it could be a situation of kind of like as Alex alluded to that either what. Uh, Celtic wants for him is someone we we can't afford or just or he's probably want to go do a different style of football in let's say in England versus what he did over at Celtic I I just honestly don't know to be truthful with you guys yeah it, it, it is a it is a mystery um with Benkovic because like I say he's, he's gone from you know like I say literally playing every game Alex to to not even being named in the squad. Well, we can, you know, we can add names to that squad now. We're in, we're in January, and surely a fully fit Benkovic, who is a defender, has got to be better. And no disrespect to them than some of the youngsters that we may be having to field, or, or like you say, you know, better than Vestergaard. He can't be any worse. <laughs> you know, it's it's frustrating because I remember when Benkovic first came to Leicester. And everyone was talking about how good he was, you know, that he was, you know, he's going to progress to be this great center back. And then he went on to, you know, went on loan and he came back and that was that, you know. And I think the more and more as we progress, you know, through the seasons and the time that he's been here at Leicester, I think as as blunt and, you know, as blunt as it sounds, it's just not good enough. And, you know, if he can't get game time here, he's – I believe he was on loan with – um who was he with? Um, he's been on loan with a few lower he, division clubs. Yeah. Yeah. And he's been on loan yeah. and, you know, he hasn't been able to get game time there. 
And yeah. so if he can't get game time there, why is he going to get game time, you know, with Leicester City in the Premier League? And Probably I says more about Scottish football than anything. <laughs> but, but I, I, yeah, but I, I definitely think that, you know, we can talk about Benkovic as much as we want, but I feel like mm. that I think the ship has sailed on him and I think, think the ship has sailed on him two seasons mm. ago. And I think yeah. at this point, we just got to cut our costs. And, you know, if we can get, you know, a million for him, I think <laughs> at this rate, we'll take it because yeah. he's just not cut out for the Prem. Zach, last one before we move on to the uh, the monthly look at the each of the months. Inacho, I think like he should be knocking on Roger's door saying, play me or sell me. Because, you know, he, he ended last season in a, you know, we, Rogers stumbled upon this two-up front formation, which he had to because of injuries. Nacho was scoring like mad. I mean, you know, Vardy became the provider. Nacho was brilliant. It was he ended up the season as our top scorer. Comes to this season, it's back to square one. He comes on for ten minutes here, twenty minutes there. If I was in Nacho, like I say, I'd be knocking on that door saying, "Can I have a move, please, boss." It's definitely perplexing, especially with some of the goals that he provided for us in, um, in like the FA Cup, um, to help us like help us advance through the rounds, and um, um, and I, I think he's going to uh, Afcon, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that if he comes back from Afcon and he's still not really getting the playing time that he needs, I definitely agree with you saying that. Uh, just use me or sell me. Um, and I think that if we do sell Nacho, um, which I, I would be sad, but um, if we do sell him, I'm pretty sure that this will definitely help us with any kind of movement in the summer that we need to go make. Yeah. I wouldn't want to lose him, in fairness, but, uh, you know, proper footballers want to play. They don't want to just sit there and, and drag the, you know, take, take the money in. But just very quickly now, let, you know, if we just go through um, uh, August through to December, and uh, uh, Alex started off really well. We won. And can I just say, I am starting a campaign in England, but you know, it's called the Community Shield. But to me, we've got the champions of the Premier, you know, the Premier League champions and the FA Cup holders. To me, it's the English Super Cup. And I will only refer to it as the English Super Cup. That's what they call it in Spain. That's what we should be calling it. But a good start to the season. But then it never really got going for us, did we? We were lucky against Wolves. They didn't have the shooting boots on. West Ham taught us a lesson. And thankfully, it was only VAR that caught us through against Norwich. You know what? It's funny because the way that I look at the way that we started this season mm. is basically the same way that we finished last season. We were atrocious to say the least um mm -hmm. i would say it, disappointing um if you look at some of the games even from last season you know one is you know and you go well we should have won that game and then we didn't yeah. and then you know we start this season off and you know we, we beat man city for the community shield and you know that's you know, everyone goes all every lesser fan is like oh yeah we won another trophy this is great um mm -hmm. and then bring on the you know bring on the season you know and we we squeak we just squeak by you know Wolves, and I think I remember watching that game and being like, "Okay, <laughs> that's three points. I'll take it." You know, one of those things. Yeah, I just remember you know against West Ham, and I remember sitting there being like, "This is bad. This is painful." 
Like this is this is really painful. Like this is bringing back memories of last season being like there's clearly like, there's issues that we have not sorted out from last year. And then when we played Norwich and we we just got by, I was like at that point I was I was concerned because I'm like you know Norwich is not a good good side and you know they yeah. they're always the club that goes between Premier League and Championship and it's they're they're that club they're the club that always rotates and I'm like if, if we just squeak by them and only just I'm like I remember I can't remember who was talking to at that point but I said I'm concerned for this season because if that's mm-hmm. what we're playing I don't think we're going to have a good season and I remember going into the season I was fairly confident and I said top five finish maybe top you know top six I really think that we're going to get you good you know, have a good season. I remember mm-hmm. having a conversation after that game and I said, middle table, I was concerned. And yeah. well, <laughs> it's been quite interesting from there on. <laughs> That's the word. That's the word. Interesting. Uh, Zach, going on to September, a busy month for us in September. Uh, we started off with a loss against Man City. Napoli was all going so well against Napoli, 2-0 up and, you know, <laughs> against the group favourites. And, again, typical Leicester this season, um, we, we, we we threw it away and ended up with a draw. Losing to Brighton, we didn't know at the time how good Brighton were going to be this season. Managed to get past Millwall, Millwall in the Caribou Cup. Again, VAR came to our rescue against Burnley. And we lost to Warsaw in the um, in the Europa League again. Not the best month for us by long chalk. I agree with you there. It's like as soon as um, as we were trying to recover from the loss of West Ham, um, and then eventually started realizing, okay, well, if this is going to be the form that we're barely scraping by teams that were on the on the worst side of relegation kind of like how we were against Bournemouth a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, it's just like, okay, we definitely need to sort some things out. Then the loss of home to Manchester City, um, which it just felt like that, at least here in the States, they're like, oh, it's a coronation of Jack Grealish. It's like he's going to have this coming out party against against uh, Leicester after the uh, Community Shield. And it's just it just kept going and going and going. Um, Napoli. Uh, there's a reason why that they're always, always on top of Syria. And it's just, and once I saw that we were drawing against them, it's like, okay, this is always going to be a tough fight against Napoli. It's going to be us and Napoli to go top of the group. And with getting the draw, I saw it as a win. Thinking, okay, we just need to go take care of business against Moscow, take care of business against Warsaw, and we should be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, Brighton. I know Brian's always been a sore spot for us in the past. Um, Millwall against the cup in the cup. I figured if we won one nil, it definitely was been very concerning, but two nil. I, I said, okay, we moved to the next round. We're good to go. Burnley is kind of like against Norwich. As you mentioned, it's just fighting against relegation sides. It always seems to be our Achilles heel. And the boss to be able to go and get a victory against Burnley, despite with the help of VAR, it definitely felt very concerning, especially at home. And then with Warsaw, that was very disappointing that with how Warsaw is in the, in the terms of their league, the where they're nearly bottom of their division in Poland, mm. the fact that we 
didn't even show up um, in the way match. It was very, very disappointing. With this group, though, Zach, I mean, we, we when you look at our recent uh, European exploits, I mean, the Champions League was amazing. I know, mm-hmm. quarter-finalist, last English team or last British team in the Champions League that season. But we couldn't have picked a better group ourselves, you know, if we'd, if we'd chosen that. And the same for last season's Europa. We had a very, very easy group. And, you know, West Ham have benefited from that this season. But we've seemed to have got the group of death. It was always going to be a struggle, but it was it was the performances, wasn't it? Yes, it's just it just felt like that. We had one team that was always in the Premier League, that where it's like, okay, we're going to use these set of players. We're going to use Vardy for the league. We're going to use Daka for um, and a lot of the new signings for European matches. Mm-hmm. And then it just felt like that there was not any continuity between the side we use in domestic leagues and then decide we use in European leagues and just that definitely kind of hurt us a bit. Um, and I think that was one of the things I think Rogers kind of took later on in the season was that, okay, let's try to use some, someone like DACA that was only used for European matches, use some domestic matches and see some magic we create. Yeah. And then into um, October, Alex, uh, started off so well, uh, thumping um, the, the, the now driverless Man United. Um, and we thought a false dawn because we thought, here we go, we're going to kick on from this. Wasn't to be. A great performance in Europe against Spartak Moscow, but if we again take off the blue-tinted spectacles and the fact that Dakar got four, we were 3-0 down at the time. <laughs> we tend to forget that. Uh, we managed to beat Brentford, which was a good result because they were they were doing quite well at the time. Scraped past Brighton in um, penalties in the Caribou, and Arsenal. Well, they they got back to their winning ways, didn't they, when they played us? Yeah. So it's funny actually because the Leicester City Man United game. I was I, I vividly remember this game. So I recently moved into my home about six months ago. So I was actually painting the day that we were playing against Man United. So I had an earbud in, I had it on my phone. So I wasn't really watching the game, but I was listening to it like really intently. And I had one of those, you know, the the the, the rollers where you roll right, against yeah. the wall and stuff. Yeah. Oh, I remember when Vardy scored to take the lead and I jumped. And I remember the rolling the, the rolling broom or brush or whatever went all the way up onto the ceiling as I jumped. <laughs> I just remember my wife being like, what are you doing? And I... Like had to like calm myself because I'm like, do you know what happened? She goes, yes, painted on the ceiling. Like, no. So like, I couldn't believe that game. Like, that was that might be one of the best games of the season so far, in my eye. Between that and the Liverpool match, you know, those two games are highlights for me. Mm. You look at the Europa match against Moscow. You know, you can look at and be like, well, we got three points. You're like, yeah, but without Daka, we wouldn't have won that game. And I think that was. That was a barn burner in my eyes because we were very, very, very lucky to get, you know, all three points in that game. That could have easily been a draw. That could have been a loss. You know, simple as that. Brentford, you know, I'm going into this game thinking we need to win. Like this is a this is a must win game. And the fact that I was saying that in, you know, the end of October, I, I, that's, yeah. that's, that's mind blowing to actually say. So the fact that we came out with three points, I was like, no, this is one of those games that we're going to look back at the end of the season and think, thank God we won that game. And then it's funny because the next game when we played in the Cowboy Cup and it was against Brighton, that 
that game for me, we squeaked by. But I looked at that. I'm like, this has been us in a nutshell all season long, you know, all year long. It's been we if we win a match, it's we've narrowly squeaked by. And I think that game really like really confirmed to me that this season was not going to be easy. Mm. Um, you know, and if we get those wins that they're going to be fantastic and we might get one or two wins where it's like, what a performance. But I feel like there was going to be a lot of games that we were going to be like, okay, if we get this win, it's going to be like, you know, oh, very fortunate to get it. And then, mm. you know, the last match of the year, of the season, of, of the month, you know, against Arsenal, I felt confident going into that game. And I, that's my, you know, that's my Achilles heel is that when I go into a game confident and I'm watching him, I go, oh, yeah, we're going to win. You know, it's Arsenal. <laughs> you know, Arsenal was had a horrible, Arsenal had a horrible start, and I remember everybody making fun of them because they're doing the Amazon, you know, the Amazon series yeah. this year. So we're all like, oh, you know, Leicester's going to make fun of them. And, you know, then we had the performance that we did. And we're like, okay, well, we lost 2-0. And I remember sitting there after that game being like, this just, like, really highlights and underlines and bolds it. You know, exactly my thoughts that I had three days before that, where it's like, this is going to be one of those seasons. And I think that's perfect on how you actually look at it. So to sum it all up, you know, started off great. And then from there on out, it just kind of was, you know, a roller coaster ride for all of October. I think November, Jack, uh, Jack, who's Jack? Zach. <laughs> I think November for me was when I finally accepted that mm, this season was probably going to be a struggle. I mean, a couple of draws in Europe. Um, I think we, we ended the month bottom, bottom of the league, the Europa Cup League. Uh, we couldn't beat a really, really underperforming Leeds. And I think that's I say, when it really came home to me. Uh, Chelsea beat us. Uh, and these were teams that we were we were holding our own and beating, you know, last year. And, and obviously then we had the return of King Claudio and it was great to see him back. But in the, in the snow, well, it was started off with no snow, finished in a, uh, in a blizzard. 4-2, again, another bit of a vault's dawn. It's so I remember after we um finished our matches against Moscow and in Warsaw, it was like okay, every uh with other results that were happening in the Europe with the Europa League, everything was in our hands. Like we pretty much had to go win pretty much in order to advance into the group state, uh, to the knockout stages. And it just felt like that with every draw that we had, it's just like our chances were dwindling because this is one tournament that I was wanting to win. It's like, this is one trophy that I was telling friends. It's like, I definitely want to win the trophy. This is something we have to make a statement, especially with how we went out last year against uh, Slavia Prague. Mm. And with us now getting all these draws, it's like, we have, we have to win. And obviously we saw that we just did not get the results that we needed. In the terms of the league, I was, I think I was at home watching the Watford match uh, with all the snow um, because the missus finally agreed to get uh, Peacock for us. And that's where we were able to go watch it in the States wow. and be able to kind of go watch to see how we were playing in the snow um, I, with the return of Claudio. It, it definitely brought a little bit of confidence back uh, for us, especially with the European exploits and with us uh, losing to Chelsea at home. It was nice to have a win at home, but it was at that point I was thinking, okay, we we got some issues like with Alex. We got some issues we got to go fix. We definitely got to 
change our form at home. And we definitely got to find a way to get things corrected now before we're starting into the major grind of the season. If let's say we advance to knockout rounds of the Europa league or any other competition we're going to be in. Yeah. Totally agree. Totally agree. And then Alex, to me, December, this is, this sums up Leicester's season in, in a month, if you like. We, I, I, was at, I was at the Southampton game. Um, it wasn't as good as last time I went and, and we won the 9-0. We were lucky with the 2-all. Uh, we should have, you know, Vardy on any other day could, would, have, would have got a couple. Uh, mm-hmm. Then I this, the next game was when I sometimes question, because everybody's saying how Brendan Rodgers is this master technician and he's the manager that everybody wants and United were linked with him. I know it's paper talk, but Barcelona were linked with him. And yet he gets outthought by a guy who's, who's had three or four games in the Premier League. It's Steven Gerrard. Then, of course, Napoli came along. And what a night that was. I mean, we were bottom to top to second to third to second. <laughs> it was it was like that World Cup group, um, Europe, Euro group, sorry. Euro group G with Germany and Portugal and what have you. It was a, it was a long night. We then come back get only our second clean sheet of the season against a resurgent Newcastle and we put them in their place and we won 4-0. That's how you do it, Man United, by the way. I know you only manage a draw, but we, you know, we, we'll show you how it's done. We then had the um, Caribou Cup, you know, 3-1 up. We take our players off, our good players off to give them a rest because there's a lot of games coming up. We then... Um, they bring their better players on. It goes to you know Fergie time, ninety-five minutes for the equaliser. But there we go, still one penalties, and then we have Man City where six-three, you know, and uh, four down at half time. Where those three, if we'd played like we did in the second half, <laughs> the whole game, who knows what we could have got away with? And it's not shown on there. But finally, we ended the month with a brilliant one-nil victory over Liverpool. And I've got to say, guys, this is my favourite match of the whole season so far, if only for the fact that I was watching it with a Liverpool fan. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I think you're spot on when you say that December is the epitome of being a Leicester City fan, because Mm. it starts out with, you know, that Southampton Leicester match and it's a draw and everyone's like, okay, well, you you, should have won this match. Like it's Mm. no offense to Southampton, but you know, you look at their quality and you look at their players, you know, Leicester City's squad on paper is so much better. But the way that Leicester City play against lower, you know, bottom table teams, it just seems like we just can't figure it out. And, you know, we go to Villa, you know, we play against Villa and it's the same thing. You know, we just we just look disorganized. That's the way that I kind of saw that match is that we just look disorganized and just not ready to play. And that was the that I would say that would be the game that I really question Rodgers. And I... I still believe in Rodgers and I really do think that he is the manager for Leicester city. And I don't Mm -hmm. think there's any doubt in my mind that, you know, he needs to go because I think he is incredibly talented. Um, I I honestly did question him after that Villa game. And then we, then the Napoli game happened. (laughs) Um, You know, I've I've never had so many emotions in a span of 90 minutes. Talk about four seasons in a day. It's like all of a sudden, you know, I've never felt such highs. I've never felt such lows. I've never felt so so much joy 
And mm. I've never felt so much anger and sadness mixed all together. And that was <laughs> that was the Napoli game. And I remember yeah. after the end of that match and sitting down and doing a post-match, you know, um, reaction to it and just being like, I, I don't know. I really do not know what I'm expecting from this from this club anymore, from this squad. The talent we have, we should win, and we're not. And I and I still will say that you look at, you know, you look at that um, that group, and at the start of the season, I would have I would have told you probably 100 percent that we would have come out of that out of that group, and mm. not and not being able to get out of the group and going down to the Europa League conference just. It hurts. It really does hurt, in my, in my <laughs> opinion. You know, and so after that game, I was like, I need a break. And I remember just like disappearing for a few days because I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to do anything. And then I was nervous for the Newcastle game because I'm thinking, okay, you got Leicester City, you got Newcastle. We lost to Newcastle last season when we should have won. And if yeah. we won that game, we would have been in the Champions League. So I'm like, okay, here we go for this. And then I'm also thinking, okay, Newcastle, you know, they got a new manager, they got new owners, you know, there's a lot riding for Newcastle. Leicester City are in this, like, you know, we're dealing with it. We're a timid fox. We don't really want to do much. Um, and all of a sudden we came out, we won 4-0 and I'm like, okay, you know, we figured this out. We know exactly what we're doing. Yeah. So then, you know, everything goes on with, you know, the postponements and whatnot. And we're like, okay, we're playing Liverpool, Carabao Cup. Let's, let's have fun. This game was nuts. Like this game, for sure, we I thought we had it, you know, and then we absolutely just you know blew every single tire on our you know on our eighteen wheeler going up the cliff, and then we rolled <laughs> off the side of the cliff. That's how I felt because I don't know how we lost that game. I really yeah. don't know how we lost that game. And then, well, the Man City game, I, I'm gonna be brutally honest. I turned it off at halftime. It was Boxing Day. I was with my family, and they were like, you're watching this still? Like, no, I can't watch this anymore. It's just too painful. So I, I, I was laid on the sofa watching it, and when we got the first goal back, I couldn't even be bothered to celebrate. No, I, I still had it on my phone, and I got, like, the notification. I'm like, oh, we scored. And my wife's like, oh, you're going to turn it on? I'm like, no. I'm like, I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for this. And then we played Liverpool for our final game of the season, you know, for the final game of, this, of the year, and it's the standout performance of the year. In my eyes, mm. you know, I, yeah. I don't think it right, you know, in the sense of like games that we played, I definitely think that the FA Cup match is the best game of the whole year. But the way that we played against Liverpool to close out 2021 was incredible mm. because that was a team performance that I don't think we've seen in a very long time. Yes. And I really hope that that is the team that we see all of 2022. I'm going to remain skeptical and optimistic because <laughs> you never know what we're going to get with Leicester City. You don't. No, you don't. And the Newcastle game was funny because I remember at the back end of last season, I was doing a few Newcastle um, shows, you know, preview shows, and not one of them thought that they would win it. In fact, they when they were doing score predictions, they were going 2-0, 3-0, 4-0 to Leicester. Of course, then they, they went and did it. The difference this time when I was doing the shows they were so confident that they were going to get something off us because we weren't doing well. And then they, 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 they were, but that, like I say, you know, that sums up Leicester in, uh, in one month there. Totally, totally. Um, but, and Zach, looking at the, um, at where we go table wise, I mean, if we go back to this time last year, 
Um, I know it's two different seasons, etc. But uh, this time last year, after 19, well, we played 19 games. We were sat in third place, having only lost five games on 38 points, having won three in a row. And then you look at us now and, you know, we're down in 10th with 25 points. We, you know, we win one, lose one, win one, lose one. In fact, the Chuckle Brothers, to me, to you, to me, to you. Um, but we are still, you know, if we win those two games in hand and results go our way, we, you know, we're still in touch of a, of a European place. That's the weird season it is, isn't it? Yes, I remember. I was like, just last night, as soon as I got home from work, I saw something from um, one of our news outlets, uh, Bleacher Report. They were talking about how different clubs were having differences between between last year and now, where we were minus eight to ten points, uh, and also dropped, uh, and as you mentioned, dropped league position from third place down to tenth. And the way I sum it up as. There was definitely some results that we got this year that we shouldn't have. There were some results that, that we should have gotten this year. We didn't. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm and with us having some games postponed, like Everton was postponed. Um, I think Burnley was postponed. Um, oh, no, but Burnley's next weekend. I think it's Tottenham was postponed. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Tottenham was yeah. postponed. Everton was postponed. Uh, so having matches like that. And with having a bunch of ground to make, not necessarily a whole bunch of ground to make up in the terms of like matches, but just one result our way can easily get us um, into a European spot um, that we can easily try to go get. Because I think from my expectations from we started the season, the where we definitely have to get a Champions League spot to now getting European spot is just any kind of European spot. I really think that. if we didn't have some of the injuries we had, if we had some of the results go our way, um, we definitely would have been in a lot better position. But I'm really am hopeful for the next couple of matches, and definitely hopeful that we can get a couple points um, to where we can go and leapfrog the table. I mean, Zach, Zach, I've always said I would sooner have the points on the board rather than the games in hand, but. You know, we're playing Everton, it might be too soon, Everton next week, I don't know when then we're going to be playing Tottenham, but maybe it will have done us a favour because we'll have some of our injured players back. I think so, but at the same time, too, it's like, yes, we're going to get some of our injured players back, but we're going to lose a couple of players for AFCON, so it's just like, yeah. it's going to be that double-edged sword of what's this tournament not going to do to us in the terms of the depleted side, but also just... um but also to see how these, um, how some of the injured players are going to be coming back and see yeah. how they gel with the side that we have now and see yeah. if some of the changes Rodgers has made in the last matches um, against Liverpool, against Newcastle, um, with the zonal marking to um, man marking to where we definitely can see some changes in the next yeah. couple matches, couple yeah. weeks. I don't think we're in any worry. I don't think we need to look famous last words, I guess, with Leicester. But I don't think we necessarily need to look over our shoulder too much at, at the bottom. Uh, I think you're probably talking um, any three of, of five down there at the moment. But, um, I mean, 
David makes a comment here, and you say, David, looking back at our December, do you think the improvement in our quality towards the end is a combo of change to man marking and defence, adding KDH in midfield and developing a better team spirit to fight? The problem is, I don't think there has been necessarily an improvement because when you look at our December, and let's just go back to that, David, um, if my it works here. There we go. Going back to December, you know, we it wasn't brilliant. Yes, we beat Liverpool. It was literally like watching, you know, it was, it was like being at Rourke's Drift. You know, every time I looked up, Liverpool were attacking. Liverpool were coming on to us. Uh, and, it, you know, we, we, we fought that out. But apart from that, and, the, you know, the only good, thing about that was was Newcastle and no disrespect to Newcastle if you can't beat Newcastle this season pack your bags up and go home but um, I want to sort of end now and thank you both for coming along but before we come on to hopes for the season you mentioned this earlier Alex and I'm a great believer in if you get knocked out of a competition you shouldn't be rewarded by going into the one below it if you're not good enough to to Compete in the Champions League, you shouldn't drop into the Europa League. I think that Manchester United, and as much as I hated Villarreal, you know, for, for what they've done to, uh, to to Fafana, I really wanted them to beat United. I, I hate the fact that you know Man United could have won the Europa League by being a failure in uh, the Champions League, and it's the same with Leicester. You know, we failed in the Europa League. I don't think we should be in the Conference, but we are, and. A lot of clubs are saying, like, oh, you know, Tottenham are saying, oh, well, I'm glad we're out. And Arsenal, I'd have sooner finished a place below and not gone in it. But it's still Europe. It's still a European trophy. And if we can win that in the inaugural season, it'll be a quiz um, <laughs> question from years to come. You know what? It's funny because I definitely agree with you in the sense that I don't think that, you know, if you get eliminated from the Champions League. I don't think that you should go into the Europa League in that mm -hmm. sense and, and vice for, you know, as, and it goes down yep. because the way I see it, it's like a glorified, you know, um, participation trophy. It's like, well, you didn't do what you were supposed to do, you know, in the Europa League, but because yeah. where you finished, you're going to go down to the conference league. And it's, and it's kind of like that. I kind of see it as like a, you know, well, you weren't good enough for this. So we're going to give you another chance. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm torn when it comes to the Conference League because I look at it and I go, it's the Conference League. Like, it, it just kind of sounds sad. Oh, so is it the name, do you think? Because we've obviously, in this country, and, and you guys probably know it as well, we've got, we had a Conference League. It's obviously now the National League. But for years, the Conference League was like the fifth tier, if you like. You know, so maybe it's got yeah. that ring to it. Yeah, like I kind of like I don't know why, but every time single time someone says, "Oh yeah, it's the Europa Conference League," I picture like the like that kid playing like the clarinet or something, and it's just squeaking. <laughs> like like that's how I kind of picture the Conference League. But I also look at the Conference League and I go, "Well, it's competition. It's Europe. Yeah. You know, like we mm -hmm. probably are one of the clubs that have a better shot at winning." So yeah. I kind of look at it like that and go, "Well, why not?" Like, if we win it, we win it. It's a trophy. Yeah, there's a lot of people that will be like, Haha, you won the Conference League. And we'll be like, yeah, we won the Conference League, but it's a trophy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of goes hand in hand. It's kind of weird. Um, yeah. And I've kind of flip-flopped back and forth on it, like where I'm like, oh, we should just focus on the Premier League and figure that out, you know, the FA Cup and whatnot. And then the other part of me goes, eh, 
it's Europe. I kind of want the badge. I'm kidding. I don't really want the badge, but yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, why not? You know, yeah, it's but, very but that, that we've we've won everything in this country now. Yeah, we've won the League Cup. We've won playoff games. We've won the you know championship. Um, we've won the FA Cup. We've won the Premier League. We need to go and uh, win something in Europe, don't we? Yes, um, it's it definitely feels that once we got dropped down to the Conference League, it was it's like as Alex, I was kind of like torn on it. It's like mm-hmm. I don't really have like a comparison, like really to say in the U.S. because. Um, because as one of the comments that just came up mentioned that if let's say like if we lose this conference league, we should go to the MLS or something <laughs> like that. But it's it's like, but it is a European trophy. It will will it necessarily raise our profile in Europe. Maybe, yeah. maybe not. It's like, um, uh, because I because I have a bartender who is a supporter for Spurs and um. And he was telling me that whenever they Jackson. were playing conference Jackson. leagues, they were just – they were pretty much playing like the kids to where they just want to get yeah. out of the tournament. They just want to focus on the league. With us, it's like I'm definitely disappointed we're in this, in this competition because we're not playing against like say the likes of Dortmund that are now in the Europa League. We're not playing against West Ham. Um, but as Alex said, it's European trophy. It's something to add to our trophy case. It's definitely – will cement us in European history by being the first ones to win it, guarantee a spot in the Europa League. Yeah. Um, and just – I just hope that we're just not getting into this next round and then just completely just give up. That's that's my well, only hope in this tournament. That, that's that the embarrassment, isn't we it? Do, we is don't it get Ragnar- embarrassed. Is it Ragnar we're playing or somebody like that? And if we get, if we get knocked out by them, then that is major embarrassment. But – the other option is, uh, Alex, that if we'd got through, we'd have been drawn against Barcelona by the look, by the look of things. Now, to my mind, I know Barcelona is struggling at the moment, but with the season Leicester having, I couldn't see us beating Barcelona. So, you know, this was a question: like, Do we go into the Europe, stay in the Europa League, and maybe just have a couple of games? But it is, you know, it is Barcelona we're going to be playing, or we're playing Ragnar, whatever they're called. And we could possibly go on and actually go further in Europe by being in the division below. Or would you sooner have a say have the game against Barcelona? See, for me personally. Um, oh. Go ahead, Alex. I apologize. Yeah. All right. Um, for me personally, I would play against I would rather stay in the Europa League and play Barcelona because I feel like being able to play against, you know, a club of that stature, and yeah, we know that, you know, their finances are are absolute like you know, horrible. I'm not I'm trying yeah. to pick the right word to say it. Um, but, you know, I feel like you, I don't know why, but I feel like if you're in the Europa League, we played against Barcelona and we somehow won, you know, we, I feel like that would be something so memorable that you'd be like, well, we beat Barcelona. And then someone would be like, well, it was the Europa, Europa League. And we're like, yeah, but we beat Barcelona in the Europa yeah. League, you know, type of situation where, you know, we're in this situation where we're playing against Randers FC. And, you know, you look at it and you go, well, if we beat Randers, you know, and from what I've read, a lot of their supporters were like, we expect to be absolutely demolished. Mm. You know, that's kind of the, 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 the way that they're kind of looking at this. 
but they're so excited to play against Leicester City. You know, they got Casper Schmeichel coming, so like they're ecstatic. Where yeah. you know, if so, like if we win, everyone's gonna be like, "Well, we expected you to win." It's Randers FC. Like, no offense, but we expect you to win. But if we lose to Randers FC, it's gonna be like you lost, you lost to Randers FC. Whereas you know, if we were playing against Barcelona, they're like, "Oh my God, you beat Barcelona! This is incredible." Mm. But at the same time, if we lost to Barcelona, they're like, "You lost to Barcelona, but you know it was a good job. You know, well, you know, well played." So that's the situation I'm in. So I'd rather play Barcelona than Randers because if we beat Randers, it's like awesome we beat them. But if we lose to Randers, it's going to be like one of those paper bag on your head mentality where you're like, <laughs> "Leave me alone for the next week. I'm going to go cry." Oh, what Tottenham did uh, earlier on in the league, they, they lost to, to some unknown team. Zach, and, and I guess because I've I've actually seen us play Barcelona, and I think it was the first game at the new King Power when it was opened. It was like a friendly. Um, they beat us 1-0, but I suppose it didn't hold as much to me to be playing them. Again, same question. Barcelona for two games and get knocked out, or... Randers FC and hopefully get through and have more games in Europe. In the terms of prestige, I would definitely say that um, playing against Barcelona at the Camp Now, uh, sorry, Camp New, um, even though, yes, they yeah. don't really have a lot of, it doesn't have that same ring now with them not having Messi and a few other of the star players. Um, but at the same time, too, they also have an American like Serginho Dest that is one of our stars for the U.S. national team. Mm. So it would have gotten a lot of interest inside the U.S. It's like, even though, yeah, it's Barcelona versus Leicester City in Europa League, but how does this American do on on a um, international stage like this? So that would definitely would have been an interest for people in the United States. If, let's say, we did lose against Barcelona, it's like, yeah, you fought against Barcelona. It's not an easy task or... Someone I mentioned before is like, what if we drew against Borussia Dortmund? That would have been the side that's like, hey, you lost to Holland and company. So it would have been like, as long as you put a fight up, and let's say we still lose against Barcelona, it would have been like, you tried. They're one of the top teams in Europe for a reason, even though that they're in the dumps right now. It's Barcelona. You did your best. Yeah. While with Randers, it's like, good job, yay. <laughs> and just kind of like, all right, off yeah. you go. And if yeah. we do lose against Randers, it's going to be like um, if Marine beat Tottenham in the FA Cup last season. That would have been that kind of embarrassment. Yeah. just You can just tell if you are seeing your uh, waiter, who's uh, your, your employee who's a, a Tottenham fan, they're 2-0 down at the moment to Chelsea. So <laughs> they are blowing the, uh, another cup by the look of it, Chelsea, um, Tottenham. Guys, I want to say thank you very much. I'm not, end with this last question and then give you a chance to shout out how people can follow you. Um, Alex, come to you first. Hopes for Leicester for the rest of the season? Uh, you know what? I just hope that they, they really figure this out because I feel like this entire first half of the season, it's been, you know, pick and choose on what to do and how to play. And I hope that the Liverpool match, uh, where we won is going to be that that starting point where we know exactly what we're doing. My hopes for the club, I would be content if we somehow managed to finish sixth or seventh. You know, mm. I definitely think that it's still in reach. I've kind of axed the whole idea that we're going to finish top four and get a Champions League spot. Like, I don't think if it happens, and if it does happen, I think it was it's going to be something that we're going to be talking about for years. 
But I think that we still have the quality and I think we still have the drive to finish sixth or seventh. And that's where I'm really aiming for is that a, one of those finish. If we finish there, I'll be happy. If we finish eighth or ninth. I'll be like, you know what? It's been one of those seasons. Yeah. I have no complaints. And I think as well, you've got a lot of other clubs that are now doing a Leicester, you know, West Ham. And I like to see it because it's it's one of the non-big six doing well. I'd like it to be us, but it's not. But you've got like the West Hams, uh, the Brightons, etc. that uh, are in the same position where before it was just us. Zach, same question for you, though. Hopes for City for the rest of the season? I would definitely, for, for us to do well in the Conference League, to perhaps get into the finals of the conference league um, mm-hmm. in the terms of the premier league, I would definitely kind of shoot around the same thing that Alex was saying. It definitely try to stay in the top half, maybe get positioned between six and eight. Um, so we can try to get a European spot. Um, I, I kind of lost hope about getting champions league spots because it's just, it's, it's too far out of a reach for us, especially with kind of what we're dealing with right now. But um, this has been a strange season, as you alluded to, and really anything can happen. So I'm definitely hoping that in the end of the all, we can end with a European spot. I've got to say, Scott really does sum this up very, very well. The UEFA are going to bring in a competition where if you get knocked out the Champions League, you go down into the Europa League. If you get knocked out the Europa League in the same season, you drop into the Conference League just to give Man United a chance to win a cup. (laughs) Scott, mate, that's a great way to end the show. Guys, it's been amazing. Thank you so much for giving up your time. Uh, and coming on it's been great to get your thoughts um from from across the pond there and hopefully we can do it again in in, in a month's time um zach how can people follow you and find so you? i am on twitter and on instagram uh the account name is splunk ato s-p-l-u-n-k-a-t-o all lowercase all letters um I will not only talk about Leicester City, but also just give insights to the uh, MLS um, here in the in the Ar- Northwest Arkansas area. Yeah, and same to you, Alex. I see you got your your um, Twitter up there, but how can people find and follow you? So you can find me on Twitter at uh, at Canadian underscore Foxes. Uh, probably a lot of you know me already because I used to be LCFC Canada. However, I made an extreme terrible error of retweeting uh, a highlight from the non-official account Mm -hmm. of something, and I got suspended permanently. So I'm building up my followers again. So um, if you recognize me, that's why. Um, So yeah, you can follow me on Canadian Foxes. Um, I'm pretty much just tweeting about, you know, the Foxes, and I make terrible Canadian jokes. So that's where I'm at. (laughs) <laughs> Is there any other sort of Canadian jokes? That's no, the question. <laughs> Can I just say, Guy, if you're watching uh, both those links, both the Twitters for Zach and uh, Alex are included in the description below if you are on YouTube. Guys, like I said, I know you're, you're, you're a few hours behind me. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it. and really appreciate you giving up your time and coming on. And uh, let's hope in a month's time we're talking about uh, a bit of a run for Leicester, still in the FA Cup and still still in the... Uh, oh, no, I don't think we'll have started the conference by then. So we've got that to look forward to. Stay safe, guys. 
COVID's still going all around, so be careful, stay safe to you and your families, and thanks very much for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much for having us on. No, it's been, it's been a pleasure, and uh, we'll speak, speak in a month's time. Sorry, will do. Thank you. Thank you very much. Take care. So thanks to Zach and Alex there. Great to have them on. It's great to speak to Leicester fans that are, you know, not, they see things in a different way to us. And being Leicester fans, of course, you know, we, we're only small, you know, compared to the big boys. And the fact that we've now got fans from all over the world, I, I, I just have to pinch myself sometimes, you know, because, yeah, you know, the sort of United, the Barcelona, the Real Madrid. And, and I know a lot of people moan that uh, that a lot of fans only come on board because, you know, we that we won the Premier League. and they, But that's how they found out about us. You know, how did fans find out about Man United? was bad news unfortunately for them but it, it did put them in the in the spotlight so thanks to both the guys for coming on i said please please click on the link in the um in the description on youtube and and give them a follow we're going to be back like i say um tomorrow night with this Seven o'clock, me and Brad are going to be talking transfers. He'll probably try and find a way of getting Perez out uh, <laughs> to the chat, no doubt. Uh, please, please subscribe, if you can, to our YouTube channel and, and give us a subscribe. It really does help support us. And uh, following that tomorrow night at seven o'clock, at nine o'clock, it's the Big Fat Football Quiz. And we've got Newcastle. They haven't been with us yet, so are they going to get at the top of the leaderboard? We'll find out tomorrow. I want to thank everybody for watching and joining in and giving up your time to come and watch me. And um, if you listen to this on Catch Up on the podcast, thank you very much. Nearly 15,000 plays on the podcast. It is amazing. I'll see you tomorrow night at 7. Again, thanks to Zach and Alex. See you then. Good night. Thanks for watching Lester Till I Die. This is Chris. Say goodbye and see you next time. Network. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything. 
from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.